I have a prediction. That we're no, gonna do nope. A, 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 a year in review. My prediction is that we are doing no predictions. Oh, I mean, my prediction is that we're going to do a year <laughs> with no Good prediction. One. With no predictions. Yeah, more than hashtags. Come on, come on. Yeah, more than hashtags. No, we won't forget uh-huh. what's working, what's trendy, and what's next. Yeah. With Adam Lidecker and Vincent Orlek. Every week, a new episode from News on the Net. Come on. Uh, repping Arizona. I know just what you came for. For stories people might miss and fly under the radar. Yeah, more than hashtags. It's news and we're on it. Make sure that you subscribe and follow if you want it. Yeah, more than hashtags. I'm Adam Lidecker. I'm Vincent Orlick. Welcome to another edition of More Than Hashtags, the year ender for 2017. And we've got a treat for you today, don't we, Adam? We do. What do we have today? <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you. Oh, my bad. Uh, it's a treat, though. Yes, it's a treat. See, Adam and I don't talk about the show whatsoever until we log on to zoom which is what we use and uh and, do it live do it live yeah do it live phil o'reilly style do it live do it live well that was pretty good actually well done <laughs> well yeah we're gonna I'll have write it, a, i'll write it myself we'll do it live i have a prediction that we're no, gonna do nope. a, 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 a year in review my prediction is that we are doing no predictions oh i mean my prediction is that we're going to do a year yeah. with no Good prediction, one. with no predictions. We did discuss this ahead of time, mm. a little bit ahead of time. So, so we have, we have a, a year in review sort of, right? Like it's sure. cause we're not doing like a, we're not saying here's everything that happened because you, you have we, an interesting take on this. We have an interesting take on this. Adam. <laughs> we do. Because it's more than hashtags. You know what it is. <laughs> As my four-year-old says, yeah. She she just will walk around randomly around the house and just say, more than hashtags, yeah. Yeah. More than hashtags, yeah. I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> she's seen the video because every time... Well, in the beginning, when I showed her the video, she like wanted to watch it over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I when I edit the show... Sometimes I won't have my headphones in. She hears it, and she's like, "Yeah, one hashtags." Yeah, <laughs> I got to take a ride up north to visit family tomorrow, and I'm going to crank that on the. Uh, oh God, the car stereo. <laughs> well, hey, maybe by the time you get up there, the the podcast will have dropped into Ooh. the uh, iTunes. We'll we'll try to get it done by the time you get up there. And if you're listening for the first time, you're just new into podcasts. Welcome. We're, uh, we got some cool things planned for 2018. We got some practical episodes. You can go back 30 plus. I, I, heard, I read a stat that like new podcast listeners surge between like the 20th of December, 7th of January. Oh, well, welcome to all the new people. <laughs> What's up? I think it must be because like all of the uh, holiday meals or something. Awkward conversations, be like, "Oh, Bitcoin! Oh, podcasts!" <laughs> All of the the recommendations you're getting from the relatives and family and friends Could about be. you should listen to this show. The show I listen to it. That's 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 interesting. 
that's interesting that it's i mean it's it's obviously has to do with holidays and yeah having time off and um well that's cool so again we want to welcome you all you new people to the show pips uh (laughs) we try to keep it practical but yet on trend and uh, talk about what works and what doesn't within the world of social media since we both are actively working in the industry doing things on a daily basis and uh, this, but this episode is a little bit different. So here's what we're doing. We pulled some information off the interwebs and went back and found an article or two with the predictions for this past year. We are not fans of predictions. <laughs> I would, I think it's fair to say, um, you know, the, tongue in cheek, Grain of salt, yada, yada, yada. That's how those all should be taken. If you're seeing those posts online, 2018 predictions for social media, blah, blah, blah. They happen every year. The first one I saw this year was before Thanksgiving. Uh, even that, that I forget what blog it was on, but someone had them out already for 2018, which is astounding. Um, just trying to get the jump on everybody. But so what we, we went back and we found... Uh, an article or two for the predictions for this year. And we're not going to, we're not going to go back and say this person was right or wrong. Um, specifically, we're going to say if the predictions, sure. How, how true they were, but you know who you are because you were wrong. <laughs> well, so that's <laughs> the funny thing because a lot of these, these predictions tend to run together no matter what blog post you look at. There's a lot of the same type of thing. Even in this in this one main article that we pulled them from, there's like three different people that predicted um, live video, blah blah blah. blah, blah right? Which probably, they probably you know emailed them separately and then put it all together. Sure. Oh, Which yeah. is interesting that this was published in the middle of February in 2017. So they were a little. <laughs> <late>. <laughs> so yeah. So maybe they the, and and like you said, my guess too is that they maybe maybe asked for predictions in January sure. from so we'll, their people. We'll, we'll lump some of yeah. these together. Um, yeah, yeah. And, so, and, I'll, and I'll call you out a little bit. Just get your thinking cap on because you go on the local news station every year and give your, uh, give your predictions. Well. I, so, so, you know, think about what you said. I didn't that. do predictions. I did year in review today, FYI. Remember, it wasn't predictions. Okay, that's fair. Because I'm not – last year, I, I look, in all fairness, last year I did do predictions because they asked me to. All right, so, so preview. Did you, did you miss, it, miss any there? Um, I'd have to go and look specifically. I know, I know f- the one – I got one like right away because I said that Twitter would essentially move live video into the feed. Right. And that wasn't, I mean, I don't know if that was a prediction. It was more like Periscope already existed and Twitter owned Periscope. It wasn't like and they this were groundbreaking thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, hey, this is probably going to happen. And, and they had to compete with Facebook Live. So, no. Yeah, I wasn't like tr- saying, uh, although I may have said something about about Twitter getting acquired. Because I felt like that was bound to happen. I may, I may have said that, but I don't know well, how confident I was. There was a lot of, there was a lot of articles about that. 
there was a lot of talk and and allegedly there was reports there were reports that True. they talked with Apple and Google is that is am I remembering that? or Disney and Google or something like it, there was there was reports that they were in talks with about getting right getting bought and but who knows so um yeah I I did the the year in review last year and the preview for this year so I'll be more than happy to to ring that one back up and see what I got right right but yeah it's it's all goofy it's all goofy so you know I mean it's not like it's not like I said like Snapchat was going to buy GoPro or something you did not say that I do believe I said that would be a good a good buy but I didn't say they would there was a lot of I mean that was along the train the 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 train of uh thought that was saying for like the last year and a half that Snapchat would would well, pre- live video. Yeah, but pre-spectacles, people thought I mean, I thought logically there was this um beautiful drone. I, I forget what the name of it was. It it flopped. It was on Kickstarter. Uh, beautiful the Lucy. Yeah, basically the Lucy, the one that like was a real big like it was almost like a fraud. Yeah, you just thing. threw it up in the air and it and it started and followed you around but and tracked you, yeah. The all the images were actually um not real. I mean, they were just it was a fake video. So yeah, yeah, it was the Lucy, I, and I forgot someone did a write up about it. Maybe it might have been Gizmodo. I saw a big write up on, on like that whole yeah. story. But we did know like a lot of devices, like like the iPhone, are going camera first. Um, you know, a lot of the apps that are just opening to your camera defaulted, like Snapchat. So it makes sense that, um, you know, even I mean, heck, we were deep in Meerkat. So when you're talking two years ago. When people were meerkatting live via GoPro, they were doing that. Um, so that didn't last very long, though, because that was like towards the tail end of right. meerkats. But they experimented slash existence, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure if you really, really wanted to, uh, well, Periscope is hooked into GoPro. So you can you can do it on on GoPro. I was gonna say if you're like Casey Neistat, you could rip apart your spectacles. Plug in a GoPro. <laughs> huh. You could figure it out. But then you have spectacles, so you wouldn't need to do that. I just don't understand. Like That was a big prediction last year was Snapchat moving into live video. Having a live video. Like Instagram has Instagram Live. That Snapchat would, would have something along those lines. Sure. I, I don't know. I, it, I don't know that I understand why Snapchat would do that. Well, right. I was going to say it makes... M- uh, hear me out here. I was going to say it makes more sense now because you can continuously record up to 10 snaps. Mm-hmm. But again, like that's the usage of the users. They don't, they don't, they won't watch that much. They don't do that. Right. They, they want to get the snaps of your day of your life, the highlights and watch their next friend's stories. It's not about live going live, like to your audience. It's, it's going live because you can go live in Snapchat. You can do a essentially a video chat, which is like FaceTime, and go live to right. whoever you're talking to, and you're live. You can show it wherever you are. Like it's, a, you can do that. It's just not. It's not this broadcast like Facebook Live is or Instagram Live is to your like followers to your audience. Sure, sure. But that's what stories are, and that's what snaps are. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like it already. I don't think they need to do that. I don't think they need to do that to survive to compete. Whether they do or not in the future, you know, we'll see. But I, I don't know. I don't think they need to do it. 
And I don't think anybody's going to acquire them. I mean, I mean, reportedly back in Google tried to offer them thirty billion. They said no. Um, now, did they did they acquire a drone company this year? I'm thinking they did. Yeah, they they made a few after the IPO. Okay, so they did. Yeah, they did buy uh, Zero Zero Robotics. And apparently it's not Snap's first acquisition of a drone company. Foldable selfie drone. Anyways, yep. um, I, I think there's a lot to, lot to watch out for. Um, let's, look at, let, let's, let's look at the things that, that were kind of thrown around for this past year. But they didn't buy GoPro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, I mean, let's start with that one. There, there was there was a prediction that Snapchat would acquire GoPro to enhance the live video, and um. So I think know, that it didn't happen. <laughs> well, I think both of those premises were incorrect because we just talked about the live portion, right? Right. Yeah. Um. And that yeah, that they would they would go with live streaming features and all that. So, um. So yeah, that was a. That was a no-go pro. Uh, yeah, and the back half of that prediction was to appeal to a younger audience like Musical.ly has. But you're talking like two different products. And it does appeal to a younger demo. <laughs> and will continue to. Yeah, and I don't know that I agree that it's a win-win for both of them. I mean, I know, especially GoPro is is on the on the 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 downhill from everything I hear. Um, they're not what they once were for sure. a, a variety of reasons. Um, so, you know, I I just I don't know that that's going to happen. So, uh, let's talk about another one. It was also mentioned that Twitter would remain relevant. <laughs> and then again, this goes back to something we were just talking about. That's a, that's a good prediction. Yeah. Twitter remains relevant. It's I, honestly, I, I would agree with this one that in totally. 2017, it with the kind of the rise of moments, there was a, an article that was published on medium a couple months ago about the stats behind moments and how many more people are reading, seeing, being exposed to moments than yep. are major publications. They're not, they're, they're, they're seeing more moments than they are stories or, or, or reading more things in the, the Washington post, New York times, like this whole thing about that. And also we have a, you know, from presidential candidates to now president, um, major figures that break news on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So just, just the sheer vehicle of Twitter uh, has always been, you know, prominent for breaking news, but now being the main source of communication um, for candidates, they can make their own break their own news or other things. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't, you know, I still wouldn't rule out the potential that they would be acquired by by someone um, that makes sense. That in a bunch of different discussions over the past year. I can remember talking about 
um, ESPN, which I don't think would make huge amount of sense specifically for them. I mean, Disney owns ESPN, so Disney. Right. Right. Um, I don't know that that totally makes sense, but um, Apple, Google, I think Google would make a huge amount of sense. That's the one that would make the most sense. I mean, they had mind. It, I mean, they had it incorporated at the top of search for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, paid millions of dollars for that uh, to be there, so it was relevant. Uh, well, uh, one little tidbit of information that news that dropped yesterday is the Library of Congress will stop archiving all tweets. Um, yeah. Wait. Stop archiving tweets by the by so, the president, and so they'll archive newsworthy tweets. But they, in 2010, they started archiving all tweets. Uh, I'll say, say text-based tweets. So not videos and tweets with videos or photos. And then they retro-archived them since the launch of Twitter in 2006. So from 2006 to 2018, they have, and it's embargoed, we can't see it, they have all of our tweets. Every tweet. By every person? By every On Twitter? Every tweet. Oh, I thought they were just archiving the... President, vice president, so the, uh, cabinet of, members, whatever. As of yesterday, they made the decision that because uh, when they started doing that, they didn't know what was going to happen with Twitter, where it was going to go, uh, because they don't archive every website. Wayback Machine does that. Mm-hmm. They only archive like so. This was this was something that was an outlier for them in 2010, and then now they've they've come to the realization um, they don't need to do this anymore. It's not, it's not maybe because of the bots, the noise, the, you know, trolls, hard to say. Um, no, I'm sure they'll have an algorithm to determine what is newsworthy. Um, it might suck in everything that has a large amount of engagement in there. Plus they probably flag, you know, a couple thousand accounts. I can't believe that they wouldn't still archive all the president's tweets. No, they will. They will. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's historical value. Like every one of them. Yeah. Like that. That seems like it would be. But it is interesting where this prediction is. It remains relevant. It does. Twitter does. And the it, but it's in, its entirety of Twitter communication. And they also said it, it didn't make sense because they weren't archiving videos and photos, just mm-hmm. text-based tweets. Yeah. They made the decision when it went to two two eighty characters. That's huh. and I, I don't know that like you know I guess it was like you're doubling the amount of stuff they're saving. Yeah, essentially. Um, so they don't see in the entirety of it as relevant. But again, Twitter archiving was an outlier. They didn't archive the entirety of anything. I mean, they would. I mean, Twitter Twitter is keeping all the tweets. Somebody does, and there's there's companies now. That well, you can um, you could pay to search those archives, so which is you know could be marketing gold. One be. thing that's that's definitely picked up over the I think I would say the second half of this year is in terms of Twitter remaining relevant too is this this newfound ability and interest in essentially blogging. Using Twitter, so the Twitter like, like threads that, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and 
by def well not by definition but by their own definition twitter is a microblog that's what we yeah. always called it and meaning that a tweet is a microblog it's a weblog that's where the word blog comes from um new listeners if you've never mm-hmm. heard that so your tweets are are logging your life on the web right um it's considered a microblog just like facebook is facebook is, is considered a microblog at this point what what you're seeing more and more people do is do these epic threads yeah like tweet storms and now twitter even implemented a button to make it easier to do that which is smart on their part i think because you're really seeing oh i haven't used it yet but here it is yeah that little so plus you button. compose a tweet yeah there's just a plus and you can i mean technically but you're seeing like people like opinionated you know verified um pundits and and um writers and public figures like they're using twitter as opposed to maybe having their own going on their own website and writing a blog they're writing like these 10 tweet um twitter storms or threads that are blog posts about a particular topic in the moment well and also they're taking something highly complex and breaking it down into bite size um, and they were doing this, you know, in 140 characters mm-hmm. very well. And they, and now they can expand on that. Yep. Uh, one individual you could check out. It's at Seth Abramson, uh, Abramson, yep. attorney professor. Um, he's, he's credentialed and been on a ton of programs. But anyway, he's, he's been tracking, I mean, everything from um, uh, presidential investigations to, you know, basically mostly political, but not necessarily. Um, if there's something that, that he thinks like society should know about, or there was like journalists uh, investigating something a year ago and he called out about that. So one, his latest one is, is 20. Let's see here. I think it's 20 and he is using that new feature, but he is, he's labeling them one, two, three, and just scrolling down. It's, it's, it's super easy to follow along. Um, if you want to understand a very complex issue and how we got there, um, a lot of a lot of people are using it very successfully. I think probably mostly political. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing non-verified people use it though too, and it, it'll get caught in like a Twitter moment. Like Twitter will. All right, I'm just put it into it's, like, its own moment. I'm just wondering if like if businesses like if you're going to see like a Taco Bell or. If you're going to see somebody like that, you know, break in. I mean, if they're going to do that, they, they could create their own moment. Like someone like a Taco Bell that has a big Twitter following, any of these brands or people that have a big following on Twitter sure. could create their own moment. I, I've been seeing more of that too. HQ Trivia, they, they did their own moment they over Christmas. It. Yeah, they yeah. all the people. Uh, that, that's like the funnest thing. You actually mentioned that on, on air today. Uh, how their people are playing on their lunch break, taking scheduled HQ trivia breaks. Um, they but they took that. They took all the tweets of people taking pictures at Christmas dinner that stopped like after their dinner to do because it was on. Well, Christmas Eve was Sunday, and that was like that was the big prize. And I think a lot of people they had all these pictures of all these families mm-hmm. that stopped whatever they were doing to take the time out to do the game together on separately on their phones, but together it's brilliant. And they put those all into a moment. 
And I shared that moment with my coworkers. I said, hey, look at all these other companies and teams we respect. Here's the design team. Here's the developer team. And they're all taking breaks to do this. And what, how it could, and I like <laughs> laid out reasons we should do it. Like to build a uh, and uh, I don't, it's just fun. It's uh, fun. It's totally fun. And it's, it's a, it's a nice brand thing that lets you guys, it, it would make it seem like you guys are all part tells people you're on top of things. Like you're, yeah. you're in the know. Um, also in general with not to get too off track with HQ, but people don't realize yet they're up to 500,000 players um, now at, when they at, start at a game time, yeah. and that's twice a day. So at this point, HQ is hitting a million people for a half hour every day, by the way. Yeah. They said, uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet earlier and I don't know if it was collectively, like you're saying twice a day. It said like over Christmas break or on Christmas or I don't know, one of the days, 760,000 people collectively stopped what they were doing. You know, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. I don't know how many people yeah. watch jeopardy, but I don't know if it's that much. Well, you, can, the, you can't do anything. You're just like screaming at the television. You know, the answer, you're not going to win anything, right? You're right. this, you can actually potentially win money, real money. And it doesn't matter. Like you're still like that person screaming at the television, but you have a chance and you probably won't win. But it's the same. Like, why did why were people so hooked on Jeopardy, right? Um, and and actually, it's it's very similar because you get to the end of, I I lose. Like, I'll hit like question five or six, and then I'll miss mm-hmm. the questions. But I always wait to the end. Why? Because I want to see like how is the money divided up and who wins. So I scroll across. I don't know any of these people. I don't like. I see their photo or their name. It's just yep. something fascinated fascinating about that. Um, so they're clearly using live correctly because some of the, so that, yeah, that's, that's the point with this. I think that's important is there's very, very few, very few, do not be fooled. Very few interesting live stream things happening on, on Facebook live, on per- whatever you want to call it. Like we're at the point of, okay, yeah, you can periscope and Facebook live at an event at a, at a concert or something cool. So it was like 200 other people. Right. You know, probably they're snapping, they're Instagram living, they're whatever. The this type of thing that is literally in the moment live streaming to half a million people for a chance you, to win $10. <laughs> really right. And you have their attention because I mean a lot of it now is because the host is great. Right. He's he's absolutely a drawing card for a lot of people that keep coming back. I know I I enjoy the guy. Like he's I think he's super good at what he does. Yeah, his quips are on point. I have no idea how. I mean, culturally beyond relevant. Like he knows all the references. Uh, so I don't know if he practices or he shouldn't go on Jeopardy himself. Well, he's a stand-up comic and yeah. he's in New York and I, he's probably on top of things to begin with. I, I'm sure that you know as they're coming up with the questions. They can, they know. Okay, they can write out a lot of stuff. And you can tell, you can tell. There's a lot of, yeah. There's some impromptu, but a lot of it is is also there. He's got a teleprompter or cards or something happening. His Instagram name is Quiz Quiz Khalif, and his Twitter name is Trill Trebek. (laughs) Yep, those are his nicknames. It's cool, man. 
But anyways, yeah, I mean, that was one of the predictions was Lie would be big on all these different channels, and you're exactly right. Even if, like, the platforms are paying people or trying to get the talent on there, um, even celebrities, like, they're going to open it up at an event, but there's nobody, you know, producing. Well, what's, what's interesting? What's interesting? Like, is it interesting to sit here? Like, if we were live streaming this, our show, recording our show, is that interesting to people? No, it is not, unfortunately, for me and you. I can guarantee you, sitting here and watching us talk is not interesting for people. And that's what, I mean, half of what's going on on Facebook Live is people sitting in front of their computer talking at the right. viewer. And it's like, the person's right. not a celebrity. Like, they're not, they're not anything except maybe to a couple people. Sure great yeah you're an influencer to somebody or whatever but even if the videos get 90 80 90 percent more views after the fact there's still those videos like the the comic the funny kid walking around asu doing pranks to get 12 million views mm -hmm. um but it's produced it's edited it's uploaded uh it doesn't mean you don't do it for your brand you can reach uh your core supporters, you can reach those ambassadors. I, I think of like what uh, Brian does for Buffer, and mm -hmm. he'll do different videos. He'll do the Instagram story, and he'll do the Instagram live. Um, and I think he's picking up those core. Uh, hopefully, he's selling it this way. But the people who are engaging and watching those could be new users, but it also could be people like you and me who sell their the good news of Buffer and what they do to care and connect with their users and why we've been paying for them for like a decade. So that's marketing based. That's like us. Right. Like, yeah, we we're we're so, we're predetermined almost to like, yeah, we're going to pay attention to some certain things because we want to see what someone's saying or how they're doing something. I'm, I'm talking about like, let's, let's step out of that bubble. Right. Oh yeah. And I was just putting an asterisk, like don't yeah. not, not do it just because you don't get, you know, 760,000 viewers at a time. I, 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 yeah. Or if you're a larger company, which there are some tremendous brands that are just getting no engagement, you got to like go back to the drawing board and rethink this. Do, do something like, don't just, don't just do something to do it. Do something, do plan it, right. do something interesting. Do, Cause we're, we're past the point of, testing on Facebook live and Hey, we're testing this out. But, okay. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Like we're not, no one cares. People don't care. The average person is not going to watch that. The, the HQ trivia thing is the, the single greatest live streaming right. thing that's happened yet. I, I, I will, I will, I will say that because it's no. without question to interrupt your day twice a day to interrupt whatever you're doing. Um, to make to step away and do that, and it's live. Yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I'll admit, yeah, because if you're, I'm just trying to think. Like, say you're on the International Space Station doing a spacewalk, mm -hmm. and you're gonna go live every day. And you're not gonna get that many viewers. You know, hundred thousand maybe. 10,000 for, for, for a bunch of different reasons. Like the, if the, if it was 1970, yeah, you'd have 35 million people watching your right. every move, but it's, it's a different time. So like, what is it right now? I would put 
Something now, if you're going to play HQ Trivia on the International <laughs> Space Station. <laughs> if you're going to put Scott Rogowski, the host, on Ooh. the space station and have him do it in a spacesuit, yeah. Um, you know, something like, like a SpaceX launch right. would potentially get, you know, uh, viewership. But the, the things that, like, so the local news now busts into my day several times a day with stories that they're they're pulling from other affiliates that sure. they're broadcasting on their own. The card Sometimes it's, yeah, well. or it's or just a, a, a breaking story. You know, it's it's always relatively negative, like accident, murder, something happened, going to barricade not, in his house. But you're not watching that on TV, right? Well, I couldn't. I mean, I, I guess I could, but if I'm like at work, right? I don't have a TV, um, but I wouldn't know about it unless I'm actively looking for something like that. In general, like I think that's a, for the local news. I think that's a good, a good use of it. It's it's there's something there that's going to be interesting. They get thousands of views on it, so it's good on their part for engagement and viewership. I think it's smart because they still might be building affinity, so you still may catch that news program. You, that may be your channel of choice. Um, the only thing you know what's really interesting though is I get the notifications from all the local news when they go live. And literally, I, I can't tell you how many times all three go live with the same story. Hmm. Like, so many times during the week. And, and a lot of times, it's not local. Right. It's, it's something happening in... in and it's, I'm not talking about these huge stories that are happening. The, you know, if there's, unfortunately, some sort of you know, shooter or something. I'm talking about s- some other kind of basic story in wherever... Right state all three local news stations will notification 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 they all have it interesting so it's yeah it's i almost feel like there's they're, they're getting some sort of affiliate feed specifically for live video yeah. rather than just to their network or they're paying it they're all paying the same contractor right <laughs> queuing them all up yeah so it's it's really it's it's a weird time but um getting back to the the content it's just there's just nothing not much interesting happening with uh, live video yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll agree with that and like let's take it back to Twitter real quick because they, they prioritize some thir- certain things you already mentioned moments that have existed since for the last two years that they put that into the discover they I, I'm sure some of it's AI some of it's manual curation like they are going engaging content first approach or trying to be there. You know, I'll go there, check it several times a day. You know, I, I still don't go to, to Facebook search to see what's trending on Facebook. It's still, I mean, it's getting better, but I see it. I see, cause I'm on the desktop Facebook version right. most of the day and, and I see it on the right hand side. I might hover over something to see, Still feels the full dated. headline, yeah. But it's it, most of the stuff is already like I, I'm not. I'm, I agree. I'm not going there for news. So like, I don't know if they're convincing new users or more users to keep coming back to that. But I mean, as far as like the core, I think we're probably using it in a similar way. Um, I'm seeing people purposely uh, unfollowing and cleaning up, curating their their feed. Their who they follow to get a better experience. Um, so hopefully um, they'll roll out. I mean, 
I know that when you onboard, they roll out a lot of tools to follow uh, accounts that you're going to be engaged with. So what are they going to do to actually clean up and make it better for, you know, OG users? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you can mute and stuff like that, but I almost think if there was like some uh, of those unfollow tools, those third-party tools, um, without the limits, that you could see who isn't tweeting anymore, who's, uh, you know, it'd be really nice to be able to clean up your account easily within Twitter settings. Or prioritize, they probably do prioritize the ones that are tweeting most often. But anyways, I digress. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. No, I totally know what you mean. Like, make it make it easy to do that so that the experience is better for the user. And I think... I mean, the, one of the predictions was Twitter marketers shift focus from driving traffic to creating connections. Um, community building is, is where it's at. I mean, if you're not building, there's a couple places that I follow, like The Hustle, and they have a Facebook group, uh, The Hustle Ambassadors. It's one of the best, group, you know, one of the better ones that I follow. Um, they're creating those ambassadors. They're feeding back into the readers. So I think if you're... It should always be about engagement and creating, connecting in, in community. Um, I think you get stuck in that rat race of like scheduling X number of tweets per day, but they get no engagement. Um, forget where I was going with that. <laughs> I think you went there. I think I did. <laughs> uh, I so tying this back we i think we can tie this back into like we like to do for the business use case the business use case is uh, you kind of oh that's where i was going to go with it yeah yeah you already touched on this a bit and it's just have have something that you want to do um that that is not just you and someone else sitting in front of a camera talking at whoever's watching do something better than that go big <laughs> go be interesting be creative sure um showing behind the scenes is great but that's like even that is at this point the bare minimum right because like, that's what so many people do too like do do something and, and ask yourself would you watch it because if you're not going to watch it right you know, you're just clocking the hours. Like, there's no point. Like, right. uh, I was gonna, st- I was gonna bring it back to demographic. Your core demographic may be on Facebook. It may be on Twitter. You know, I had two companies, companies that I was working with, that they had large, passionate communities, and actually, the community that drove the most traffic was Twitter. But being able to like interact and tag and, um, yeah, with that demographic. Um, they're there, and actually, more than likely, you're not thinking that the people who are active on Twitter may become your most passionate advocates because they're taking the time to be engaged and active. And I agree with you; like you, you really go back, need to go back and think about why why you're creating this. I always ask yourself why, and yeah, think don't. There's best practices, but then everyone does that; it doesn't become a best practice anymore. Right. Um, so. That's what I'm always challenging myself. Um, we're, you know, at Coplex, we've been sitting down. Uh, the place I work for, we help startups uh, launch. So 
we're going to start focusing on our own social and our own outreach this year. And I'm asking like, all right, podcast. Okay. Live video. There's these three people do it great. You know, in our accelerator world. Okay. Do we want to copy that? Probably not. What else can we do that's never been done? I want to actually go take it two steps above what they did. I respect what they did and it worked. How can, how can we, we make it so they look at our stuff in a year and say, man, I wish we would have did that or people are copying us. Um, so that's kind of where my mind's going is like, how can we be predictive? How can we have, you know, not just do best practices because people say that's what you're supposed to do. Um, I'm pushed pretty hard. I have some neat ideas for live video. And I think with our specific demographic, no one's meeting that need. It's just the question is, if we produce it, will people stop their day like they do with HQ and flock that direction to consume it? Now, if it's recorded or they could watch it afterwards, but those are some of the questions I'm asking and trying to figure out, yeah, find the problem you guys solve, find the problem you solve, how you solve it, and your stakeholders. Like, who are you, who are you reaching? How can you be useful and helpful and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, like in your case, who 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 would pay attention, who pays attention to what you guys do? You know, and what do they what would they want to see? Would they want to be in on some sort of a meeting where you guys are talking about strategy for a particular approach for someone or you know, what's what's the at the office like here's our new office. Like maybe people want to see that. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or you're walking around you're in downtown Phoenix and there's something going on just because it's not startup related specifically, but it's right. something relevant to the audience in general. You can do that too. I mean, there's, that's what I mean. Like there's don't, and I'm not talking, about talking to you. I'm, right, I'm, right. We're saying in general, like don't, don't just limit yourself to I'm, I'm on Facebook live and, um, today I want to talk to you about this topic and here's what I think. <laughs> well, and without like showing my cards, I want to do something that's very traditional, mm-hmm. closed off, mm-hmm. exclusive and present it and give access. So I think that could show extreme value if people have access to participate in this activity or be a fly on the wall or actually participate, which is our hope. Um, and then we're the, you know, we're the people behind that providing extreme, more of a long tail approach for sure. But there's also some early media that could come with that. Frankly, people will tell other of their friends that would be, you know, good ventures for us. Be like, Oh yeah, by the way, I saw this, this was really cool. So it's just thinking through like, not just what, what you want to produce, but what's the action you want. And it's not always that click through that purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's more long tail. And as long as everybody within the company like agrees, if, as long as you lay that out very clearly, okay, we can reach, we can reach the immediate goal by doing this. Facebook ads, we can reach to drive traffic or bolster uh, good content. Or you can have a little more long tail approach to produce useful, helpful content to influence. Brand, build your brand, and then ultimately, um, 
Win friends and influence others. <laughs> That's funny. So let's, uh, with, with all that said. But I'm on a uh, break right now until the next, until the first of the year. Yeah. So I don't have to think about this stuff yet. Actually, I am thinking about this stuff right now. While I'm on a break. Uh, one of the popular predictions for this year by others uh, was that Snapchat would see its meaningfulness and significance die off. Uh, <clears throat> as as we've we've all seen and heard multiple times, I have a p- particular affinity for Snapchat. Well, I say I will say they were they were correct. Those marketers <laughs> that were chasing after, yes, trying to uh, hustle and uh, whatever they were trying to do, mm-hmm. their attention and affinity has waned. They badmouthed it. They threw it to the dustpin, dustbin yeah. of history. But as far as the actual users, people actually use it day to day. I'm using it more. If I'm not like you, you really use it because you create a lot of snaps. Um, you can tell when I have free time when I create snaps, mm-hmm. but I am consuming lots of content. Um, I'm Just because marketers aren't using it like they were, yeah, doesn't mean the rest of the world, uh, in particular the the millennials and Gen Z, uh, are still on it, and it still did grow, even though it didn't grow exponentially or at the same rate that it had been growing, there was still some growth. There was also, and that's by there was user growth. There was also feature growth. Correct. Yeah. That's a good point this year. And that's one of the other other reasons that I'm in it every day is the new features. Yeah. They, they, we, we forget because it was, it was what March, March that they went IPO or June or I, I mean it was earlier this year. It's it almost feels actually you're, it was May I think. Marketers are like you're dead to me. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just brought up Snapchat. I just brought up Snapchat into a strategy for a very large brand. Um, and in my my play is def- definitely different. Like I'm not. I'm going to be completely honest. It is easier to create Snapchat stories and Snapchat in general and use public hashtags and get get eyeballs uh, hopefully find your niche it's harder to amass and build you have to be very um tactful and um just diligent about driving mm-hmm. people there you have to be like say you're like um you know hosting the warp tour and you're going to produce all of your content on snapchat all of your materials to support that with say snapchat and hopefully you have a plan for the next year to continue to support that audience not just like oh great we gained ten thousand followers um, but some of the, some of the meetings I'm going into is like, oh, well, if you're going to be at that event and your demo is snapping, and this is a no brainer for you, um, you know, let's let's look at snap, you know, uh, geo uh, geo filters, but not what you're thinking. Create a tremendously useful, helpful um, a filter, and it says, you know, brought to your brought to you by your friends at. Don't be like overly branded and you want it something people will actually use. I know that sounds like, whoa, no way. <laughs> That's the whole point. Or, I mean, there's also, there's something to be said if, if you're just looking for pure exposure and awareness. There's, 
there's something to be said because they now now they measure it in terms of the the swipe throughs mm-hmm. uh, and the analytics that they give you. That's still the analytics are still limited, but they do tell you now the swipe throughs. Even if the if the geofilter wasn't used, it's it was seen. Sure. So like I know I didn't really use the uh, Christmas time CVS geofilter. I saw but it a ton of times. I saw it a million times, and you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, I, there's just no reason I wanted to put that on on any of my stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, there's uh, there's things you could do with it. But I'm pretty sure that funny or uh, was that be Walgreens? Maybe they did like the Red Nose Day. Mm-hmm. They could do a uh, you know filter, an official filter, for like Red Nose Day or something. Oh yeah, well I've seen them. All. Cinnamon Toast Crunch had has a filter that's been going for like a month. I see it every day. But like um, one thing like um, that I'm telling brands, they only have so many dollars to go and sponsor and be at so many events. Right. They can actually be at all these events. If they just put their, you know, budget and creative toward that. Um, I also brought up, which we've talked about, which I've never, I haven't really seen anybody take advantage of this. So, Hey guys, this is free practical advice. Uh, no guarantee you're going to show up on that snap map. But if you're producing, like if you do a filter and then you have, you know, ground team producing snaps, you're a water, a water brand or shoe brand and you're, you know, sponsoring a, a race, you're handing out water, get your t-shirts on and you're producing all these snaps, they can go on a public snap map. So there's some branding opportunities there. Um, if you're doing a volunteer day, a cleanup day, you know, your Home Depot, uh, who knows what, but I had... That doesn't mean it's not happening. Guarantee it's happening. But I just haven't seen anybody. I'm wondering if anybody's integrated that into their, you know, their marketing plan for events. Mm-hmm. To try to show up on public snap maps because you don't have to be relying on gaining all these fans. That's the equivalent of, um, you know, the Instagram exposure. So I don't know. Well, and so there's that other aspect of it too, where you can, you don't have to be snapping like at all you just have to have an account there to be able to do these the geo i mean to be honest you don't even need an account necessarily you can go through if me as as a consultant agency i can place i can do whatever i want to with geo filters and as long as i have the form of payment in there i can put who the sponsor is there's um doesn't have to be me i can put whatever name i want in there as the business and then, like, if, if it's my credit card or if it's a different credit card in there, however you want to work it, you don't even have to have an account necessarily. So I can place that stuff for clients um, if yeah. it's just the geo filters. And then on top of it, take that. And if they're really bullish on the whole Instagram story thing, guess what? I can take, I can take the snaps and put them on Instagram stories. You know, if that's something that makes sense, or tell people to do that. Sure. I mean, there's a way that you can you can work both of them at the same time too. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I I could see it. I could see it. Happen. Yeah, if you if you have limitations, sure. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, um, app install ads are doing really well on Instagram. I mean, so if you're spending money on other channels and you don't get it, you don't understand it. I mean, I think I got woken up by like one of Gary Vaynerchuk's videos two years ago talking about like people, oh, I'm sorry, I want to say old people, 
just stereotypical marketers that, and I, yeah, I'm not even say old people, just stereotypical marketers. I was one of them where I was like, Oh, you have to swipe. I don't get it. Or you just use this, the same old headlines from like three years ago, four years ago of what, you know, news headlines that got clicks and views of what Snapchat is. And Gary was like, listen, just take a couple minutes, swipe, 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 be a practitioner, do it. You know, it's your responsibility to understand this. So that's how I've approached things for the last couple of years is I want to understand the human experience. I want to understand everything. I want to experience it, see how other people are using it and see how brands cannot like be spammy, but how brands can be useful and helpful um, and serve for their demo. Here's the other big advantage, especially for small businesses with Snapchat. It doesn't matter how big of a following your account has on Snapchat. You have the ability to insert a link that someone can swipe up and go to. Yep. So if it's your website or a landing page or a restaurant, it's your menu. Yeah. Podcast. I mean, anything you can do that. Whereas Instagram, you have to either it's either be verified or have over 10,000 followers or, or maybe that's the same thing. Um, so you, you have to be a bigger account, a little bit of a bigger account at least to, to be able to do that. And, that's that's a, an advantage. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of fascinating. Like I'm witnessing usage every day. Like um, everybody in my office is on um, on Snap, and they their ages range, gender rate right, uh, range. Um, but all, why are they all on Snap? Because the other people in the office are on Snap. So about partly, yeah, right? about thirty percent are producing Snaps daily. Um, maybe two rarely use it, except when we go to events. Um, and then the rest are using it every day, but to watch the snaps or consume other discoverable content because um, it's engaging and it's quick. You can escape from reality and you can go in here. And, and so I, I think that's quite interesting. And so like certain demographic, um, younger, younger age demographic are using Snapchat to like, we'll go out to lunch and like, they're literally like scanning the restaurant just to mm-hmm. capture it. Um, and I don't actually see it on their stories later. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they might be sending it to a friend. Hey, yep. look where I'm going at lunch. Uh, and then it's in their memories. So it's like how why I still use Swarm to check in so I can remember where I went. <laughs> Good restaurants. I found that out tonight when I, apparently I'm the only person that has the uh, the 2017 like year in review in so Snapchat in my memories. Special. I I don't know why I I asked a bunch of other people that are much more. Um, active and have more bigger audiences and stuff. And it's in my memories. It's so I, I watched it and it was, it was a good like 20 or 30 snaps. It, it, it was kind of like, you know, Facebook does those like automated videos of sure. your posts for the year. This was similar to that because there was little inter intermittent cards, uh, animated cards that would come up and be like, you know, this year moved fast and then it would show a couple snaps that you did in fast motion and then, and then it slowed down and then it showed a couple snaps in slow motion. There was, dude, there was one and I text, I think I texted this to you about at the end, it was something about it said and the sun and as the sun sets on another year and then the next, the, the snap that came after that was this snap I did of the sunset and it must have read. Now that I'm thinking about it, it must have read some the time that the timestamp on the snap. 
Um, but even at that, there was nothing in, it was a video snap. There was nothing, I didn't, I didn't talk in it and there was no text on it and there was no bitmoji or emoji that indicated anything about the sun setting. That's crazy. So, I mean, how did it, how did they know? <laughs> unless, like unless they specifically curated mine. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that like limited. Like, it's weird. They're almost smarter than Facebook in that regards. As far as re- image recognition, speech, and. That definitely exists. Cause we've talked about this before, how they do the, in the discover section, they'll do, they'll do individual, individual discover section, um, curated sections about whatever something for that day national hat day and and in the snap there's only the text something says something about a hat or there's no text and someone's someone says something by yeah. voice about a hat and it's in there so this is pretty crazy i'm going through my uh my memories i don't i don't have my year in review like you do um it's quite interesting though so i'm going halfway back when is this to social media day Mm-hmm. At Galvanize, mm-hmm. so I was repping my previous employer, and and who who would have thunk it that I would actually work there at Galvanize a short time later <laughs> for a new employer? That's pretty crazy. And I know, man. I don't know. Step down memory lane. You wanna wanna hit one more of these big ones, and then we'll uh, we'll do something fun at the end of this. We're gonna actually give you um, five of our favorite podcasts of 2017. We have uh, to close this out. The, the the a very popular one coming into this past year, twenty seventeen, was LinkedIn video and specifically live streaming on LinkedIn. Uh, the, and, I, and I do think it's a video up upload. I don't think it's live streaming. No, right now there's no live streaming on on LinkedIn to this point. Um, there was for certain influencers at right. one point this year, they gave that to a couple people. Like it was, it was a very limited number of people and they all used it to stick their face in front of the camera and talk at the viewer mm-hmm. and say, it might've even been only limited to like 30 or 60 seconds of live streaming too. Oh, interesting. Um, but now you can upload native video to LinkedIn and I you know, there's a, there's this, a core group of people that are, is really evangelizing this and championing, championing this to be like, Oh my God, LinkedIn video. I mean, I, 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 it's not just people. I see, I see other, you know, reputable people and publications talking about it being you better figure this out for your marketing plans. Right. I, I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not I think buying into get, it yet. Yeah, I think they'll get, um, it was definitely a boost for LinkedIn. It's intentional. I think the um, the little hack to space out your text was also. Uh, I mean, I think essentially it was using these influencers. They're like, "Whoa, I can get huge engagement," but for what? To what end? To what purpose? I mean, I've, you know, Sam Parr from the Hustle. He has like LinkedIn like haikus. He makes fun of it. Cause he does these ridiculous stories because he knows he gets this crazy engagement. And now like, and then people are like 
stealing other people's stories. I was, uh, I was uh, fired and I was homeless 24 hours later and then giving credit to the person really at the bottom. But to what end? To get 100,000 views on your profile, to what end? Like, so, and some people are giving um, good um, content or trying to, and other people are just you know, saying, hey, I'm the number one video person on LinkedIn which is getting them speaking gigs and stuff like that, which I guess is good for them personally. Uh, I, I think it'll, this will come back to bite LinkedIn if they don't really drive to quality. I mean, I mean, again, same thing what you just said. Ask yourself why produce, you know, produce better content. I think there's a play there for LinkedIn. Um, They're just late to the game. They're, they're super late to the game. Everyone else has had video, just video in general for a very long time, number well, of and, years. Right, and the people <laughs> who are jumping on it early know that if you jump on it early, you can get make a big name for yourself. But like you said, to what end? I, I, it's not Facebook. It's LinkedIn is not used in that right. same sense. It's, it's, a, it's a job seeker slash recruiting slash thought leadership platform sure i mean i mean i think it's rinse and repeat a couple of people who were also early on meerkat so we were all in the top 100 and you like that feeling but we were producing real content because if you didn't produce real content you didn't get real people watching you well it was also on the actual it was actual innovation like it was it, the live streaming thing wasn't new it was right. new in the form that it was in an instant in an app in your hand on your phone you connected to all these people that could that could instantly start watching right. and and being an audience and and all that. This is like your here's some video. We now do video. We've what? we're catching up to welcome to 2014. And it's a mechanism hack. If you if you produce video, that's a plus. You can get promoted to more people. Sure, you but get, it doesn't even work all the time. I, okay. I've I've done videos like I I have. I'm one of the, I don't accept everybody, but I'm one of the people, like I have over 5,000 connections or whatever, or 2,000, whatever it is, not 5,000. It's like 2,000. This guy. No, I, just because I've been on LinkedIn since 2009. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time, right? And, and I have a lot of connections on there. Not that I know that many people, but I'm connected to a lot of people on there. I, I put up a video, a couple of videos, and like a couple hundred views. <laughs> Right. Now, if you got certain people to like it, it amplifies it to their followers, but that's with anything. That's with any, any post. Um, yeah. I don't know. The, the, the biggest, the biggest post I ever had on there was, it was like 20,000 views and it was um, about Facebook messenger when people freaked out the first time when, when people thought Facebook messenger was going to start listening to their, be able to turn on their, their phone and their microphone and listen to them and all that type of stuff, like service type stuff. It was right, right time, right content. Yeah. And you know, it just happened to be that thing. And I, it, I remember I published it at like on a Friday night at 11 o'clock at night on LinkedIn. Go and that's it. like heresy. Like you don't, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's nobody on the stuff. platform then. Yeah. I posted, you're like, why'd you do that? I'm like, because I'm not going for engagement. I'm going right now. I will say there was a lot of people on LinkedIn on Christmas day. <laughs> it was my birthday on Christmas day. And I got a lot of happy birthdays. 
like hundreds of those automated happy birthdays. Not mm-hmm. automated, you have to actually click. But they're too lazy to actually write something. And see, I even I shut those off for birthdays. So, so what's surprising on there. or annoying is was how many people um a large percentage was were was actually on LinkedIn, probably like trying to get that one like red notification notification dot to go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So well in any case, um let's go into the podcast, but first what was one of your predictions or you really feel strong about for 2018? Oh, so we are doing predictions for 2018? No, no, not a prediction, but like something either you mentioned this morning when you're on the news or um, something you personally are going to spend time in, more time in, or you feel strong, strongly about. Oh, man. For, um, me, for me, I'll just yeah, say, yeah. it doesn't have to be medium. Um, I think that I think that you should be producing content. It could be writing. I think writing is a really, um, for some reason, you can solidify yourself in your field if you produce well-produced, thoughtful, written content. Um, is still, is, you know, a lot of people in our field default to, to video, are defaulting to video. It's in some ways easier. Um, so you can stand out if you produce, you know, take two weeks to write a piece. So I, I think that, you know, I'm not going to say content is king. I think it's always like just like good content or good produced stuff, um, but not just stuff. I'm going to keep asking myself, why am I posting this? <laughs> I think that's what stops me a lot of times. I feel like I may have an idea and I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's good enough. And it may be, but it, I don't always, I don't always shoot my shot. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like I have Twitter notifications turned on for like a half a dozen people, uh, maybe a dozen people. And there's a couple of people I, I really love what they write and I get the notification comes up and I click on it. By the time I see it and click on it, they've already deleted the tweet. <laughs> and this one person does that four or five times a day. So they'll tweet it, have second thoughts and immediately delete it. Oh, I, see, I, I don't do that. I wouldn't do that. I, the, I was the just shocked. Tweet thing. Yeah, the tweet that. thing that's in, I'm thinking even more of just writing writing things that I don't I don't I talk myself out of it before I even sure start writing it. Well it takes time. Like I wrote that one piece and I don't know how many people read it, but do not exit through the gift shop about customer service mm-hmm. and a crying kid um at the zoo. I wanted to write that for a year. Yep. And I don't know why I don't think I made mis I don't think I made excuses, just like it took time and but I was really proud for myself that I thought that out because it, it does make you open your eyes and see things in the situations of how you can just provide a better experience. And it applied, um, probably helped me get my job a little bit. Um, uh, but also I wanted to write it for a year and I had a good excuse to write it. Um, and yeah, I have a half a dozen other things I want to write like five or six. Um, I should probably do that. I really want to do some sort of resourceful, educational, useful <laughs> network type thing, potentially using live video. Maybe it's, or maybe it's through podcasting. I don't know, but it's more of like a, like something like what's give someone a reason to tune in. Okay. More, you know, on a, on a regular 
basis, even if it's not every time. Like, like I like what Cheddar does, you know? Mm. I like what they do where it's, it's this whole news thing. Um, I don't watch it all the time, but I know it's happening every morning. I know it's there if I want to watch it. Um, so, but I don't know what it looks like. So finding, finding that right thing to do. Uh, I want to I see you do that. So with that being said, we, uh, me and Adam each came up with a list of our top five podcasts from this past year that we want to share with you in our final minutes here of the year. We love them podcasts. Adam, do you want to do you want to start with your your list yeah. of five? Yeah, I'm going to just rapid fire them. Yeah, uh, they go across the genres. Um, so one of the ones I really enjoy uh, it's A16Z. So A16Z is a venture capital fund uh, firm, but they're a, just search A16Z, uh, and they discuss uh, everything from tech to culture trends news of the future. So I feel like one of the most in touch and, and on the pulse. Um, and it's yeah produced by Andreessen Horowitz, AKA a 16 Z. Um, next a daily show I listen to is New York times, the daily, um, in which one of my favorite hosts is Michael Barbaro, his voice, um, tone, uh, pacing, everything. So, yeah, he he's like the new um oh shoot what are some of the OG podcast hosts that we love from like uh podcast hosts yeah from like uh 99% like Roman Mars uh Roman Mars yeah well he's yeah Michael Barbaro is one of people like vote him as their favorite host right very off much a joy to listen to a lot of times yeah uh next uh, relatively new to the uh, last half of the year uh, middle to last is uh, LeVar Burton reads um, LeVar Burton from reading rainbow uh, reads. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just like, like this idea because I see my prediction uh, a lot more children and family-based podcasts being able to listen to them on across echo and different devices like that. So this is actually for more adults, um, you know, but we grew up with LeVar and now he's in, in a, in a, channel that's very popular right now so i love it um tied for third well these aren't in order but two different podcasts same host so recode decode with kara swisher and too embarrassed to ask with kara swisher of recode and lauren good of the verge so basically you know too embarrassed to ask is is all these tech questions that you're too embarrassed to ask they tweet it out, people tweet back, and they make that the whole, that episode. Um, I love those two hosts. Uh, Kara is 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 on point. She's fiery. You don't mess with her. And uh, Recode Decode is is another one that just breaks down you know topics, tech topics of the day. Uh, last for me, and always one of my favorites, um, which I'm behind on. I need to catch up. Uh, the Sporkful with Dan Poshman. So the Sporkful, it's uh not for foodies, it's for eaters or something like that. But they tell great stories behind the food. Like who is this food for? Who is this uh, restaurant for? Who is this food for? Um, and I like a lot of a lot of podcasts like that. So oh, 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 I got it all out. Your turn. <laughs> I'm going to go with The Pitch, which is put out by Gimlet, uh, yep. which is a, 
one of my favorite network of podcasts, networks of podcasts, but the pitch is basically Shark Tank, but for real, uh, with real, true venture capitalists, investors, um, not yeah. in a produced way. Not that the Shark Tank is fake, but it's just it's 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 a more of a real feel. Um, and I'll say they were acquired; they were independent, and Gimlet brought them on board. So that's cool. There's success hope. story. There's, uh, there's hope for us yet. Why'd you push that button by the Verge? Which you turned me on to that one, and I I really like the um, the hosts, the the girls that are the hosts. They they do a really fun job it's 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 uh, a lot of interesting questions that they'll ask um i like more perfect by radio lab which is all about the supreme court all another one that you suggested i think to me um the ringer network has all, all, all of that i love all of them but specifically this year house of carbs launched and uh it's a food podcast but it's really a lot more than that and if you enjoy those guys you'll enjoy if you enjoy bill simmons and that whole crowd you're gonna like like that because it's by his his buddy joe house um and then a local one i i found myself enjoying arizona originals from the arizona chamber of commerce this year with um they do some really good in-depth interviews with with local Phoenix and Arizona uh, in general people that they're not all native to Arizona, but they they're contributing to the state and the city in various ways. So even if you're not local, it's still it's still worth listening to. Those are my five. Very cool. Cool man. Well, well send us send us a tweet, Facebook post. I'd love to hear your five. And this yeah, is or the, one or one. Send us send us your one. And this is the last episode of twenty seventeen. This is it. It's been it's been fun. We finally got it got it off the ground. We're thirty two episodes in plus plus some, I think. And uh we're gonna probably switch up a couple things for, for twenty eighteen, so be on the lookout yeah. for that. And if I'm not mistaken, we already have uh conf- three, two, three, four confirmed guests. Two to four confirmed guests already that are pretty uh, interesting or powerhouse guests. <laughs> powerhouse guests. <laughs> power of power. Yeah, they're different. They're not. They're not like social media people, if you will, necessarily. Not the not the same people that you hear on all these types of social media podcasts sure. that make the rounds. And I think one of the shows, maybe, um, obviously not this one, but it'd be nice to go back through how we started stats for the year, things we've changed because we want to teach you also how to start and grow your podcast as well. Sure. Cool, man. Hey, Felice Navidad. Happy new year. All of that. All of that. All the things. See you in 2018. See you later guys.